five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Welcome to episode four four zero five in the eye. Total Radio's weekly news review show. From the hard shoulder of the multi-web life, we look back over the news to look forward. Phil's away this week, so we're joined by an old friend of the show, Alapia. Our top story this week is immigration. The Tory party, Rishi Sinak. What on earth is going on? Five in the eye. For story number two, we'll be looking at a report which says saying good morning to strangers and chatting with people you don't know gives you a major happiness boost. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> I'm story number three. We'll be looking at the, the word named word of the year by the Oxford University Press. Has, has anyone heard of this word? And what does it mean? Story number four is all about the tie King Charles was wearing at COP28, climate change talks in Dubai. What does it mean? And was he trolling anyone? And for a final story, remember the great poet, committed activist and towering role model, Benjamin Zephaniah, who sadly passed away this week. And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. Well, we've got to kick off the show this week with immigration and the Tory party. And they've got, they got their third um, uh, foreign secretary has gone to Rwanda to sort things out. Ruchi is changing the law to make it work. But the, the Supreme Court says that's not that you, you can't you can't send it to Rwanda. So he's changing the law and it's gonna make Rwanda a nice place. And for, for me, for me, Olo, it's just bizarre. We're focusing on this one issue. When there's other things that he knows are more important, you know, he talked about his five issues. He talked about, you know, inflation, you know, the, the, the economy, growing the economy, national health, you know, and these are the things people care about. Yes, immigration is important, but is it as important as him changing the law and making a headline statement? And to the fact that he's lost one home secretary and now he's not another member of the Home Secretary Department, uh, the delegate's gone. So it, it seems to be falling apart on the one hand, the right-wing Tories. They're huge trying to pull it together and trying to make immigration and the monetary win. There's so many other things which are much more important. Do you see it as, as I see it? Although immigration, yes, it's an issue. These boats have to be sorted out and stopped. But, you know, the cost of living, national health service, aren't they, aren't they more important? You maybe, Michael, and <laughs> to me, certainly. However, um, you know, it's really, really fascinating that this is the wedge issue that the Tory party is utilising to, to recuperate its um, increasingly hopeless um, electoral prospects for next year. So it's a way of probably not winning the election, but shoring up enough of the vote for them to have credible numbers left in the heart, what they consider to be the hardline Tory constituencies, um, to give them enough of a platform for a comeback um, at the subsequent election. And what is really fascinating is that they are using this particular line of immigration um, and promoting a scheme which is illegal 
I guess as at this point in time, um, unlawful um, anytime, <laughs> um, unless we are going to totally abdicate ourselves of any responsibilities in international law, impractical, um, because it is just not going to work. Um, and more importantly, is not a deterrent to the main issue of illegal immigration, which is not even the biggest immigration issue that we have. The biggest immigration issue that we have is actually legal immigration. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Immigration. And tackle that, I mean, by a factor of about 50 to 1. So for every illegal immigrant that comes in, there are about 50 legal migrants coming into the country. Um, and instead of tackling that, which would mean investing heavily in education, in infrastructure, in training for um, local British people, um, they are focusing on immigration as the wedge issue. The really bizarre thing about this scheme, this Rwanda scheme, is one, the numbers, even if it works, which it isn't, but even if it does work, it's going to deal with 0.05%. It, it, it's minuscule. It, 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 0. It's almost influence. Illegal immigration. Yeah. 0.05%, not even 1%. Oh, 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 it's the headline. They want this headline. And yeah. the, the Tory party is ribbon. And let me be upfront for my view. It's a symbolism of, of a play. Exactly. And for me, this is Brexit Mark II. Yeah. This is, you know, we want to take back control and we take back control. And for me, Rishi has lost the part of the politician. He, and I've, I've put him some slack here. He was successful with the Albanians. He got, it reduced them by 25% because he went and talked to the Albanians, the Albanian government, and he did the deal. He's also done some deals with the French. He's done negotiations. And he's just, he's just, he's he done something well. But then on this headline, the boats. Stop the boats. It, it, and it's a three-letter thing, you know. It's, it's these three-letter phrases the Tories love, you know, take back control. And they think this is, this is what the right wants. And the reality is... All the planes from Gatwick going to stop a boat taken off from France. And, you know, just think about the illogicality of it. Yeah, what if someone who has traveled six, seven, eight, ten thousand miles across deserts, across shark-infested waters, um, across land um, in Europe, across a bumpy, bumpy ways of the English Channel, is going to be deterred by the miniscule chance that they might be deported to Rwanda? Really? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know the, the, the two things I like to discuss with the with you. One is the fact that we need immigrants. Anyone who's been to the health service now knows, as anyone the NHS knows, they have the backbone. The backbone of the NHS. In, 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 in care homes, they are the backbone. We need these people. You know, so, and the second thing, and this is a bit emotional, forgive me for this, brown people in charge, and look what they're doing. The, the sons and daughters of immigrants, people who benefited from a different time, are, 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 are drawing up the drawbridge, if I can say that, yeah. and saying, we're going to change the rules. Rules that, had they been in place, their own parents or grandparents would never have been able to get into the country or would have been sent back. 
it's an abdication of moral and ethical responsibility by the country. I mean, I'm not too bothered about um, the fact that they are um, people of color who are at the helm of this, because the Tory party has proved once and for all the the lie of color-based diversity as the main um, as a main dividing factor in in diversity, you know, um, it's class class matters far more um, in many ways than than color. I'm with you because I think that class trumps race every time. I'm minded of you know um, uh, Enoch Powell's Rivers of Blood speech. Yeah, and a black man will have the upper hands. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, they got their man. What are they doing with it? Punching down, punching down. And then the whistle, he he would be with them on the same side of the argument with Elon Powell. And it's 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 distressing, you know, for me, it's a bit about compassion, understanding. We know we need rules of immigration, no question. We need to manage it into the into the country, but it's the way they the, the way they exercise this this desire or need or right. It just seems relentless against you know downtrodden people. People are suffering, victims, and often yes. victims of things that people that, that Britain called. Yeah, in Afghanistan, yeah. Iraq, Syria, around the world, Syrians. You know why are they come in here? You know what did we do over there? You know to make them want to come here. Exactly. The most bizarre thing about this is a country that has been deemed unsafe by the International Court um, of Human Rights is now dictating policy to the British government that it will not sign up to any treaty which does not confirm to international legal standards. Just get that right. So Britain, the home of habeas corpus and all the other legal niceties that the most democratic, civilized in quotation marks, um, um, societies on the world have taken on board as cornerstones of their legal system is now willing to tread roughshod all over those mm. legal principles mm. just to force through a wedge issue which most people know is not going to work through a country that is deemed to be on the other side of that legal argument. And there isn't the moral and ethical high ground to them for political purposes. It's just amazing. It's just, you know, we all the European authority <laughs> human rights. We were there at the start. We drafted it. This country <laughs> drafted it. And now, <laughs> you know, we don't, we, we, that was then. This is now. We're no. different people now. And there's a kid, there's an anger and almost a bitterness. And it just seems, it, it's almost as though it's going to bring his government down. Because, you know, the, the, the um, generic, um, generic is just on because and, and, his master just went to Avamam. And I think perhaps the generic wanted her job, he didn't get it, he went to cleverly. But that's not the point. The sense that his government is in, British government is in disarray over this issue, which in some ways is a side issue. It's 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 marginal. It's important, but there are bigger things at play. You know, focus on the issues. You know, what was always the thing? Is the economy stupid? You know, let's talk about that. <laughs> this, this, and I think sushi, sushi, I keep on sushi, British sushi. Sorry, Rishi, Rishi. 
he doesn't have a, a light touch. No, politicians need that, that touch that says, this is important, this is not important. And he just seems, he just seems like he's just a little bored lot. And he, he, he's digging a hole for himself now. But the, the Supreme Court said, you were wrong in your that It's not going to work. Okay, I'll change the law. I'll make it right. Come on, that, you know, move on. But he's just, he's, 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 he's digging his own grave. And the Tory party, disarray. And I'm going to say they're loving it. But you know, you're going to have, I'm supposed to be difficult for them because they want, they like the idea of being cohesive and ready for the, the election. But they're just seeing ribbon. They just don't want to get their act together. It's, no, it's about survival. They're in survival mode. So they're eating themselves. You know, to survive. <laughs> that's 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 what that's all it is. And they have recognized that, you know, um the electoral prospects were bad under this trust. They are not better, in fact, probably worse under Sunak because he has an added element to it, which they might not want to confront, but which I believe is very strongly a factor, will be a factor in the elections, and that is his race. Will actually be. I think that's going to be a fact. Oh, really, really? Yes. Um, the richest yeah. man in one of the richest men in Parliament. Well, there's Very that successful. as well. You know. <laughs> there's so, you, that you, as well. So, so you think his range will have an effect on the way people will vote? Oh, I do. I absolutely do. I mean, I live in an outer London borough, and I know the kind of slurs I hear about Sadiq Khan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, from 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 people in in that area who have always voted in a particular way, would never vote for, and would never vote for someone who looks like Sadi Khan. So you, when you move the further out you move into more communities like that, the more I think you will find that entrenched bias um, against it. So a lot of them just will not probably won't be, bring themselves to vote for Labour. Reform UK is on the rise. Maybe the bulk of them, or they'll just stay at home. So I think they can see that, and what they're trying to do, what the Tory party is trying to do, is probably force him out to get someone more presentable in just before the election so that the damage will be limited. When you say the damage limited, what do you mean? So the it won't be a total wipeout at the polls. The Labour is doing their best to help them, I must say, <laughs> in that they have, they're not presenting um, a coherent, compelling, exciting alternative. Um, but um, under normal circumstances, the way things are going, they're heading for a total wipeout at the polls. Um, so they're trying to minimize that wipeout, um, make it a more respectable loss, which would be a more solid base from which they can bounce back in five years' time, six years' time. Okay, so you see a new head of the Tory party before the next election? There might be one before next, before next week at this rate. There might be one before next week. You know, it's a, it's a distinct possibility that Sunak will be forced out. Wow. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in the, in the, in the coming weeks. <laughs> Want to move on to uh, story, number, story number two this week. And this is a subject close to my heart. Five in the eye. This is about, um, this is a report that says, Saying good morning to strangers and chatting with people you don't know is your major happiness boost. 
a report behind. So this report was 60,000 people were involved in this report and 40,000 were Brits. And How many of them live in London? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Let me tell you, I do my, my couch to 5K run every other day. I do, my, my, I try to do a little bit. I'm running about 7, 30, 8 o'clock, I'm running there. And I always try and say, hi, good morning. Nobody says anything. <laughs> they got the hood up. They got that into their phone. Nobody. And I, I, I force myself now. Good morning. Hello. Hi. You know, one in, one in 50. Really, it's so few. Just want to say hello. Now, uh, you know, we discussed it with Phil. Probably this is just a London thing. You know, it just seems really sad. that people just don't want to say Hello, good morning. Just, I'm a human being, you're a human being, we recognize each other. You have a great day. Yeah. Oh, you've got that London look, that look of, that haughty indifference, that kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> good morning. What's so good about it? What do you want to It's the morning, a new day. Positivity, things could happen. We can make a difference. This is the day. People, people underestimate, and I think it's become a very. I mean, it is distinctly different when you go to different parts of of the country um, in Britain, and it's distinctly different in cities around the world as well. So there are cities that you will go to, you know, where it is the dumb thing, you know, um, and people just expect, you know everyone to have a good day, you know, and want to contribute to culture and it's ingrained in them to want to promote that sense of happiness, well-being and joy, you know, um, um, at the start of the day because um, they believe very strongly that that's how their day gets better as well. And when people wonder how people who live in poorer countries seem to be so happy, you know, it's a it's the cumulative effect of lots of things like this. You know, that sense of community that comes from just being nice to each other. It's totally, uh, 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 totally uh, uh, honest. When I moved down south, God, about 40 years ago now, from Liverpool, I came from what you call those poor apart. You know, when we did say good morning, we smiled at one another. You know, we valued one another. We recognized each other. When I came down south and I saw people like you, Ola, <laughs> who are you looking at? No, that's <laughs> exactly. But for me, when I saw that these people had money, so they, they didn't need anybody. They could buy everything they wanted. Well, in Liverpool, if you needed a, you know something moving, but you knew someone had a van, and they could help you get a van or you wanted some plumbing dumb. You knew someone who was a plumber or knew a plumber. And it was connected. But right down here, you buy a plumber. You buy a van. You don't have that connection, that, 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 that kind of social connection. Your networks are, are quite refined or small or, you know, they're not, they're amongst your mates. And they're not diverse. Not in the, not in the ethnic sense, but in terms of the, societal sense in terms of you know, working in the society. And that's what I find distressing. The fact yeah. that you know, we're, all, we're, all too, we're, we're all too successful down south. 
Is it success though? Or is that my word success? You know, we yeah, got our money. I don't, don't think it's it. even down to being successful because there are pockets of, I mean, the pockets of poverty all over the South as well. And people are no nicer, you know, in those areas, you know, um, than, than they were. I think it's about community. And I got along, but then. <laughs> As Margaret Thatcher famously misquoted, there's no such thing as society. Yes. Community. Can we talk a bit about community? Remember, when I was coming up, when I was in business, traveling the world, there was a thing called the nod. Hmm. When you'd see another black man in the street and you'd nod, you'd just, yeah. you, you probably wouldn't say anything. You'd just nod and smile. I see you. Yeah, that, I, I, I know that you know that I know that we, yeah, are, that I we are. We're both Ubuntu. I am because you are. Mm. And I want I think that's gone now. You know, the, 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 and, and I think essentially, and I'm going to use the, the I word here immigration. Mm. Back in the day, most of the people in England were probably Nigerian and Ghanaian. Or from the from the Caribbean, West African. So it was a much smaller black community. Now it's much more diverse, much more diverse. Congo, Sudan, Somalia, Tanzania, and that unity. That unity is not there. I believe you layer on the class thing. Yeah, you I mean, know, it, 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 that 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 nod. They, that, the nod is just. The nod as a cultural signifier it's has not, been, not what it used to be. It has been taken by um by by demographics um and by generation um as well. You know, um we've got a generation of young people in urban areas, and I have to be careful how I phrase that because I don't want to stereotype every young person, but there's a generation of young people um for whom eye contact with strangers is an act of hostility mm-hmm. rather than an act of you know mm-hmm. of community. So um eyeballing someone could be the difference between you getting home safely or you getting stabbed. Oh, that, 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 that's a really interesting interesting to look at it. Because I, I I'm coming from the people of, of my age, older people, you know, or they look at all they often you can't tell. But that that says when you're walking down the street, you would nod the other black folk. But you still I, do I, don't, I don't get that now. When I right? walk down Oxford Street now, you know, I might as well be on my own, mate. Get it? You know. I still do it. Some, I still got a nod back this morning. You know, um, but it's, it's exceptional. Yeah. It's not the norm. It's exceptional. Yes, it's, it's not. It's not. You know, you know I am because you are that kind of role. You know, that kind of solidarity. Yeah. You know, people. And then you could argue. For me, I guess money, but also the iPhone doesn't help. The, the mobile phone. Everyone's heads down. And the, and, 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 and what next? They, they, they're, they're on their headphones. The they're, walking. they're on, they're on <laughs> their own world. Do you um, know, so it, 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 my plea would be to the world, you know, look up, look around, look at people. My, uh, and say hello. No, I, I'm going to challenge you now. Next time you're on, on the tube, when you're going up, to, uh, when you're going up, Look at someone going down and try and make eye contact and smile. I do that. I actually do that. I do that for my own well-being. Actually, like oh, I do, I, and I'm I, selective about how I do it. But it's actually quite um, 
it's actually quite interesting how people react to it. You know, some people look at you like you're mad. Some people just, just smile back and some people even wane, you know, which is quite, depending on what time of night it is as well and how much they've had to drink. Probably. Oh, no, don't be like that. No, no, I've had people looking back and it's been great because often, because go, they're going down, you're going up and you look back at each other. Yeah. And wave, like a little ding, human contact. Yeah. I am because you are. I, and I, I welcome you. Thank you. So no, so I'll, I'll, I'll be good, be nice you. people, please. So so you, so there's a bit of an expansive love in the house all over there in terms of let's all get together. Is that is it? Is, 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 surprised yeah, me. That's our kumbaya moment, like yeah, I, 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 I always thought he's a kind of one of these uh, these nouveau riche uh, elites. They got the southern, the, the London elite now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, uh, I wish actually no I don't wish <laughs> I'm happy so no, no let's just finish on let's agree on this let's just smile at each other more say good morning randomly wing yeah we're all in this together so so let's enjoy it yeah Let, let's enjoy it Five in the eye. I want to go on to story number three this week. Now, I have to be honest, honestly, I was I was nowhere with this. I was absolutely nowhere. It was the Op University Press word of the year. Word of the year, risen. Very, very risen today, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, I was just I always, I always think I'm, I'm on the ball, you know. I, 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 like last year, the world was goblin mode, and I was a little bit familiar with it. This year, 2023, there's nowhere. In fact, so I found some of my, I do know some of my younger people. I do know young people, my my great nieces, and I asked them about Riz. They didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know really. You know the uncool kids, Michael. That's oh, what it is. Oh my God! <laughs> Listen, my my great nieces are fully cool, fully <laughs> cool people. So I challenge this word, Liz. Let me turn it around. Had you heard of Riz? Yes, I do. I'm on TikTok. Hashtag Riz. <laughs> no, you, you, no, I'm, I'm, I can't. I, 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 my gap, my gob is smashed. <laughs> I can't, no, come on. So you're telling me you knew Riz before the OU. Hashtag Riz. Yes. No, no, before, before the only book university at the <laughs> university press. You, you were, so have you got Riz? I'd I, I, I like to think so. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I got a bit of Riz on me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, Riz means. Charming, you're charismatic, you know, you've got that certain thing, you know, that attracted to you. I come to the word charisma. Yeah. Because I, 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 I know I've got charisma. I know this. I've got a certain... <laughs> what, what, what's fascinating about it? It's both an adjective and a noun. No, exactly. on the verb side, yeah. on the verb side. Yeah. And you can verb it up as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, this, yeah. I can see it in my dictum. Yeah, it's magic, yeah. But how can you, how can you, as a verb, <laughs> you know, give charisma? 
And that's something you can get, give, take. I don't know. I'm sorry. But this, this is, for me, this is what young people, I'm sorry, young people, this is not, um, Riz, Riz is an adjective. But as a verb now, you know. You, but, you know, yes. Get with I, the program, Michael. Language is dynamic. That's how we've ended up with this wonderful, complex, beautiful English language because people are always mixing, matching, reinventing, rejigging it, and, you know, raising it up, you know. So I'm all. I'm all I'm all for new words and for language renewal and for well, you know nice travel word I'm with I'm 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 with you. There's a but there's a, there was a couple of other words this year that again oh I live in a bubble here, I'm sorry. <laughs> there were two words, two possible words, new words that stood out for me. One was swifty. And the other was um, what was let me just look it up again. Parasocial situation. Yep. <laughs> I'm a Swifty, you know, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swifty, yep. I've got to admit, I am Norman nowhere, but I've got total respect for what she's created. This kind of, he's a billionaire, and, and she, she creates, she moves economies when she brings her show to town. So, you know, deep, deep respect. So, yeah. a Swifty, you Swifty fan, you Swift, Taylor Swift fan, you Swifties. <laughs> These people, I saw some stats. They spend up to $1,200, almost a thousand pounds, on going to a Taylor Swift show mm. and tickets and merchandise. Mm. Now, that, 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 fandom, mm. that, 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 that's, uh, that's going the extra mile. I wonder if they yeah. say hello to each other in the morning. Another <laughs> <laughs> interesting words that was under consideration um, was. Situationship, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, that was, I, I, did I get it wrong? Like I said parasocial, yeah, parasocial is another word, yeah, parasocial, parasocial, yeah, relationship, yeah, the celebrity world where you believe that you know you personally know celebrity that they're like they're your real friends, so that's taking your online. You're an online person into the real world when it's not really real, you know. So it's um, um, one-sided um, sense of friendship. Um, I, got situation- to help me. I got to help me. Are you talking about situationship or parasocial? That's parasocial. Situationship is um, like a romantic relationship, which is in between serious and not serious. So we don't have a relationship yet, but we have a situationship, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes, they are made up words, but these are also made up circumstances. Well, in 50 years' time, they won't be made up words anymore, will they? No, but situationship, hang on that. The human condition doesn't change. The Romans had situations, you know, different kind of thing. So we're, we're inventing a word here for something... Is that a situation is a, a, a relationship which is not quite, you know, settled yet? It, you yeah, know, somewhere between friendship and sexual. 
Okay, but just good friends then. Is that, is that, is that yeah, we're good friends. Um, maybe with benefits, but not with too many benefits. We're not committed to each other. We, it's, a, it's a situation ship, Michael. It's a situation ship. <laughs> I never had a waffliness there. Let's see how we see how we go. <laughs> is it is that an adjective, a noun, or a verb, or what? A <laughs> uh, uh, situation ship would be yeah, that should be a noun. About a situation ship. Yeah. It's an ugly word. It's a it's polysyllabic word. It's not the it's not it's not the most elegant word. Thank you. So so then I tell you actually the word our social is more our social as an adjective is more is more has more reason about it. But I've never come back to Riz. Now, Riz is my kind of word. It's monosyllabic, and it's quite simple. Mm. You know, and and, and as, as an adjective, I, I'll buy it. As a verb, you know, we can discuss it. But as an adjective, you've got Riz, he's got Riz, they've got Riz. <laughs> you know, and I'm, 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 I'm with you. For story number four this week, and this is a beautiful story. Five in the eye. It's about, it's about Rishi. Oh, is it about Rishi? We don't know. It's about King Charles wearing a Greek tie at the COP28 summit when he gave his speech there in Dubai earlier this week. And we know that Rishi, the great politician that he is, messed up completely the Greek Prime Minister's visit. You didn't see him because the Greek Prime Minister wants to talk about giving the Elgin marbles back. And he, 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 in fact, he, he said he didn't want to see him because... The protocol was wrong. He, visit, he went to visit Keir Starmer before he visited him. You know, he was the first one, so he's not going to see him. And this is, this is another own goal by this. The Prime Minister. Greece are literally at the front line of immigration. You know, they've got these people coming across the Mediterranean to visit to, to, um, to big islands from, 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 from Africa. Yeah. And then the, literally the front line, he didn't talk to them. Greece is a, is a NATO ally. You know, we've got what's going on in Ukraine. We should be talking to him. And he's just, he's lost the plot. He said, I'm not going to talk to you. So, okay, Prince Charles denied it. He did, his people denied it. That, 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 that uh, tie was nothing to do with his Rishi's rejection of the Greek prime minister. He, then you could say, well, Philip's dad was Greek. Exactly. You know, so maybe it's just a little testament to your dad. But no, come on. The royal no. family's got previous here crawling yeah. they have. Yeah. It's it's um and I'm surprised there isn't a word for that yet. There probably is that we're not aware of. Um, of but the royal family trolling the, the, the government. Yeah, statement dressing. Um statement <laughs> that that's what that's what you used to call it when the queen used to do it. Um so because they are prevented by the um, a royal position of making overt political statements, they signal their um, their support for particular causes by wearing a collar or the colors of a flag or the symbolism behind the issue um, in a very, very direct and obvious manner. So um, I... One of the things, I mean, um, King Charles, when Prince Charles was um, quite 
seen about, if not terribly outspoken about, was um, the issue of repatriation. You know, he was actually for it. You know, he um, and he privately did lobby for the return of certain things and the loaning of certain things then back to British museums um, and so on. So the issue of the of the the Parthenon um, or the Elgin marbles, as we prefer to call them. Um, so I call them the Parthenon marbles. You may yeah, call them Elgin marbles. No, that is so, some people know what we're talking about, but oh. Okay, yeah, okay. It should be called the partner now. Okay, thank you. He's, I think he's signifying his support on that issue. That you know, um, we should be returning those things. It's it's not our stuff. We have we have we have contributed to some cultural fracture. You know, back in Greece by mm-hmm. saying things that aren't ours, and we should be looking to. You know, to restitute and rectify that situation as much as we can. So I think it's very, very, yeah. I mean, his, his, his people would say that they don't want to be seen to be um, offending the, the His Majesty's government, an oddity of the British political system. But, um, it is, um, yeah, it's a clear. So, and his mother is not previous. Yes. For me it was it was a badge. Yeah. She wore, no, ba- not badge, brooch. Brooch. She wore a when, when Trump visited, she wore a brooch that, that Obama had given her and she wore the blue of the Democrat Party. Yeah. You know? And that was like no, we don't know. We don't know. But you know, is our signal, you know, the this is it standing up for something. And, and I, I do do research for these programs. There's a picture there with a hat, which looks like a European flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after breakfast, she wore after breakfast. Exactly. The so color of her bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, yeah. All these signs and symbols and wonders. So we don't know whether the royal family are trolling them. Let me give you my my, my template where I think the way the way they've handled him. As far climate, him being King Charles and they being the government of Shrishi has been terrible. They wouldn't go to other, they didn't allow him to go to other cops when we know. That's been his, that's been his stick, his raised on dead from way back. Yeah. He was, he was the climate change. Before the became an issue. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was a popular yeah. thing. Environmentalism. And they before. held him back. So I've got, I've got deep respect with him. I mean, I may disagree with him on many things. It's, it's, Fashion is clothes and all that stuff. No, that's not. <laughs> no, no, exactly. It's the same age. Well, especially now with the King Sartorial elegance. But that tie, that tie, I'm loving that tie. And I'm loving the fact that his people say, no, it's nothing to do with uh, the Greek and the, the, the Elgin marbles. It just so happened he gave a speech. In the very week that he decided that, that Rishi didn't, didn't want to meet the Greek Prime Minister. So, all our listeners know what to get you for Christmas now. Come on. <laughs> bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> Coming to Harrods in Roll Up to Christmas, King Charles Greece style. <laughs> Five in the eye. We're going to finish the show this week with, with some, with the release. On the one hand, you know, when people pass away, we should be sad. Of course, we should be sad. But at the same time, we should celebrate the fact that they've touched us, they've affected us. 
And I'm talking about the passing of uh, Benjamin Zephaniah. 65 years. A young man. He's not that young. I lived eight weeks. He had a, a, a brain hemorrhage and he, he's passed away from a brain hemorrhage. What a towering, literally giant. No question. Huge, huge, huge. And, and, and for me, it's that intersectionality. He brought so many things together. You know, for me, it was fundamentally his blackness, his reggae, his dumb poetry, his witticism, his vegetarianism. But there's also quintessentially Britishness, his, his Aston Villa support. He's just, you know, all around, uh, just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant human being. And like, you know, you know, big statement. I remember the day I was I was in Senate House when when I got the the the, the report came through. Bang! The BBC they announced his passing, and then the New York Times, the Independent, all came through on my phone. And we just, wow! This is one of you know someone it's always been there. It's witty poems, that by attitude and his militarism. You know, he didn't he didn't he didn't accept the um, OBA. Yeah, things he stood for. No, truly, um, a great man has passed. A great man has passed. What, 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 what's your, what's your opinion on him? Oh, he was, um, he was an absolute cultural titan. Yeah. Um, his dog poetry, you know, um, how he made how he made poetry accessible to generations, um, and how he made political, the politics in his poetry, palatable, you know, so he would be talking about some very, very heavy topics that were very difficult to raise in the 80s, in the 90s, you know, about race, about class, about society, um, about geopolitics, but in a nice cadence, a nicely cadenced flow, which mm -hmm. along with it mm -hmm. and got you thinking at the same time. You know, incredible works like um, his famous The British or Rasta Time in Palestine, which frankly I expect to have a um, a, a given everything that's happening in Gaza at the moment will probably um, have a revival now and would be a very fitting tribute to him. You know, um, the way he described um, himself and black boys, you know, the <laughs> black masculinity, you know, the vulnerability that came through some of his lines, you know, the the way he reimagined society. The man is just absolutely incredible. And all through this, you know, he was always... A smiling, calm, comforting face of black British manhood. Absolutely love the guy. And to make you rest in power and peace. No, and I'll say amen to that. Because in some he's always been there. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, and to think he's born. It, you know, it, it's, it's like, whoa. Like you say, so always calm. He's got one about money. <laughs> money is one of my favorite ones he talks to. And it's quite, uh, it's quite hard on money. <laughs> and he, had, he, he always had a, there was always a twinkle in his eye. There was always a bit of wit. You know, and it was it just, it just a lovely, lovely soul. And to think that he's gone, 
Yeah. Sixty-five. Um, I mean, he still has so much to offer. Yeah, exactly. he was yeah. gone way too, gone way, way too soon. Far too small. He seems to be just getting his breath for the, getting his breath together for the next stage of his career as well. Yeah, seeing yeah. and the more plays that he was writing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. You know, there was like he was certainly in a very active act two of his life. You know, um, and there was still so much more that he would have done. But we are grateful that we had him for yeah, no, amen, amen. As long as yeah. we had him, we are happy that we are witnesses to his work. Um, I hope that his legacy will live on um, in the literary body that he has left behind. I hope his passing forces people to revisit him and the kind of things that he was talking about. And I hope that he inspires a new generation of writers as well, because that's, I think, the legacy that he would like to have left. Five in the eye. Well, that's it for another week. Thanks, Olive, for standing in for Phil. And thanks for having me on the show. Very much enjoyed it. If you want to contact Five in the Eye in the meantime, please do visit their Facebook page. Michael and Phil post up the stories they're considering for the show and welcome your comments and contributions. For now, this is me, Oluwalake, saying goodbye until the next time. Hope it's not won't be too long. Uh, I've really enjoyed this, Olive. Sadly, after hand with the, the news of Zeph, Reggie and Zeph and I, but, you know, Great man, great man. So this is me, Michael O'Jury, closing the show, episode 440 of 5AI, reminding you to keep an eye on the news, as you never know what we'll be discussing next week on the eye. Meanwhile, look after yourself, and if you can, somebody else. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?